Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Ball Guy podcast with your host, Jeff Brown, and our guest, Chris LaSpada. Welcome, everybody. This is Jeff Brown, better known as Ball Guy around the country. Today, we're going to be talking to one of our elite tax specialists, Chris LaSpada. How you doing, Chris? Good, Jeff. Our topic today is going to be tax planning, and it's going to be a little more fun because we get to talk about the tax reform that's uh, going up and down in, in the House and the Senate. But why don't we just kick it off with talking about what you think about the tax bill that actually uh, the House passed recently? Sure. The House, you know, obviously was the first one to pass what their version of tax reform would be. Uh, one of the big things that did not get passed in the House version and the Senate never even had it on their radar, which I thought might be interesting to our audience is, you know, first there were some whispers that the House was going to have a provision in there that rental income would be subject to self-employment tax. And that would have been a very radical change. Uh, luckily, that did not even get through. I don't think even got voted on. So that's off the table. But just hearing about something like that kind of uh, raised a lot of concerns with my real estate clients. So, so, so that was a good thing that didn't happen. But, but the things that did happen were a, a new pass-through rate on LLCs, partnerships, and S-corps a reduction in rate for C corporations, 20% rate there. And as far as individuals go, some of the things that were that were highlighted were, you know, no more deduction on schedule A for state and local taxes, uh limitation on property taxes to $10,000 and a, a limit on home debt, a uh, home mortgage interest uh indebtedness up to 500,000 where the current law is a uh, million dollars. You know, standard deductions on the House bill, you know, increased, personal exemptions eliminated. The other things, too, that were interesting, they wanted to go, the House version of the bill wanted to cut it down to four tax brackets, down from what we currently have. And some other things, I don't want to get too much into the wording about the maximum 25% pass through rate on LLCs, partnerships, and S Corps, but there is a lot of wording in that proposal that passed about the conditions and qualifications on how that rate would actually work. So that's something to, depending upon what the Senate does, and we'll get to them in a second, depending upon what the Senate does, that'll be a an, an area with anybody that has these types of entities will really have to work with their tax advisor to see where their situation is going to to land under these new rules. Right. You know, some other things is some of the credits that you see, uh, adoption credits, maybe some of the college credits. You're seeing some modifications in some of them, and some of them are being going into a non-refundable status. You know, that's a big deal. I mean, some of the things that are very minor to me, you know, where and it hits it, this one hits home is repealing the tax prep fee paid to the preparer as an itemized deduction on Schedule A. The reason is most of my clients don't really fall into the category that they could even take that as a deduction because of the current income limitation on that. So something like that going away doesn't doesn't really, you know, I don't think will affect too many people. Repealing of the medical expense deduction from the house perspective, you know, that I think that could have an effect. I mean, insurance and Medical expenses are just going up, up, and up, and 
while the income limitation, you know, is 10% currently of AGI, you know, I still think there's people in this country that are incurring high medical expenses that have taken advantage of uh, that deduction. So that's kind of a little bit of, you know, what happened on the, on the house side of it. Now, everybody's running their mouth on the Senate side. Would you compare that to the bill passed in the house? Some of the things you may have heard. Yeah. I mean, on the Senate side, you know, for example, attempted also to simplify the the brackets, except the Senate, you know, they, they have more brackets, more tax brackets in their bill, very similar with the standard deduction. Maybe the numbers were a little bit different, but, you know, the ideas were the same there. They both are looking at repealing personal exemptions, which, you know, I guess if you increase the standard deduction, you know, personal exemptions, eliminating them probably makes up for that. The Senate also was pretty big on doing a new tax structure for the LLC's partnership and S-Corp owners, except like I mentioned earlier, same thing with the House. You know, the wording on who qualifies for that and how that will affect each person, there's big differences in that currently. So, you know, it's too early to tell, but what I think you can tell already is their commitment to, you know, lower corporate taxes and as part of that, the pass-through entities because they are so popular. Uh, The Senate also looked for a 20% tax rate on C corporations. So that that, that kind of mirrored what the House wanted to do. On an itemized deduction standpoint, they didn't want to touch the the amount of home home indebtedness of a million dollars, but they wanted to make home equity lines of credit, that interest not, not deductible. So that was that was something that was in the Senate version as compared to the House version. Actually, the Senate bill was a little bit more silent on the medical expense deduction, meaning they, they weren't going to change anything on that. Same thing with medical savings accounts. They did not really speak to any changes there. You know, I didn't mention this with the House, but, you know, the House had considered cutting 401k and IRAs, some of the benefits of those tax deductions. They eventually decided against it. And I know the Senate wasn't even under consideration to do any of that with retirement accounts. Yeah, probably because they want to live. Right. And plus, they want to receive that benefit as well, or at least their constituents, their lobbyists, their contributors, I think want to keep having that benefit as well. Have you heard any whispers at all about messing with the depreciation formulas? that exist for investment uh, income property? Yeah, there was uh, some discussion about depreciation for residential, non-residential residential property going from 20 to 25 years, where you see now 39 years. So that would be a nice break there for real estate investors. Uh, the other thing is there has been talk about raising the limits and raising the bonus depreciation. So for customers that have or companies that have operating businesses, you know, encouraging them not only with the lower tax rates, but with some more favorable depreciation rules, you know, to start reinvesting in purchasing equipment and assets for the business that in theory will, you know, always keep the economy going. Weren't they talking in the halls about possibly uh, allowing uh, for a short period of time uh, businesses to just expense? Purchases of, of large equipment? 
Yeah, that's where they were talking about raising the bonus depreciation to 100% of the price, which basically would mean current expensing of that asset. I think currently what happens is with the bonus depreciation, it's 50% of the purchase price plus the first year's depreciation. So if you change that to uh, 100% bonus depreciation, that effectively would be expensing that asset in the year that it's purchased. Now, some of these things will not go into effect right away. I mean, there's dates on, you know, everything that I read, you know, has has certain dates on them. So it's not always a, a done deal that, that all these things will take effect. Yeah, the starting dates on these things are, are always a gamble. I remember when Reagan passed his House and the Senate, who were two-thirds each a Democrat, did the only thing they actually could do was they delayed it until the following year instead of retroactively allowing it to to begin the first of that year. And um, I don't see that happening now, but these days, I mean, who knows, right? Well, that's the thing. I mean, we're we're living in a very unique time, so it's very difficult to predict, you know, where things are going, when things will take effect. Just the whole culture of everything has changed in the last, even in the last year. I mean, it's just it's just we're living in a different world, so this stuff becomes harder to predict. Now, just in a, with a broad brush, Chris, would you paint one or two winners and one or two losers if this legislation is passed? Sure. I think that some winners could be a lower income taxpayers currently that most likely don't own a home or taking the standard deduction. So an increase in the standard deduction, even though you would lose a personal exemption, and a change in rates, you know, you, you could see uh, some some winners there in, in, in that proposal. Everything else you would see, you know, if you if you go to bonus, change the bonus depreciation, the depreciation on the properties, pass through rates for LLCs, partnership, and S corp owners, you know, I do think you could see some higher earning income individuals benefiting from this as well. the The problem with really determining who that person is that's going to benefit and not benefit is very up in the air at this point because you just don't know with the the circumstances. Like for example, if I have an accounting business and I'm an S corporation, you know, there's a version of the of possible reform that could benefit me, and there's possible version of the reform that says, oh, you're in a personal service business, you're you don't qualify for these new rules. So that that's what that's what's tough um, about this. I mean, I think people that own vacation homes and other properties, you know, if they own a couple homes, you know, and they're deducting real estate taxes paid for those properties, I think they could be a loser here. I think anybody living in a high income tax state, California, anybody you know there, Jeff, in California? <laughs> yeah. You know, losing a state and local income tax deduction on Schedule A, I think that's a big deal. That's where I'm kind of curious to how this goes because you're going to have representatives from those states that I'm sure are hearing from their constituents that you know they are not in favor of losing that deduction. I know that once Halloween is gone and the closer you get to the end of the year, all of a sudden CPAs are turned into seers by their clients. <laughs> so when they're asking you to predict What's going to happen next year? What are you telling clients now? I say, what do you think? <laughs> and <laughs> now, what I'm saying is, right now, uh, let's just pay attention to what's going on. Once something passes, 
both the House and the Senate. You know, then we then we kind of get the work on. So to get this straight, being a tax accountant means that you have to deal with facts, not guessing. That's that's correct. My desk is filled with different versions of of the law and different things that could affect certain people. And I was in a meeting about it two weeks ago and somebody asked me about it. And I said, well, uh, I didn't even touch on this, but you know, if they repeal AMT, that's good. But if you lose your state and local tax deduction, that's not good. If you lose some of your home mortgage interest deduction, that's not good. And, and I go down the list. I'm like, well, you got three losers and two winners. But again, I don't know where your bottom line is going to fall. My guess is, as with any of this stuff, that usually what happens is when you start working the numbers, you end up almost in the same spot. So you might have all these different conditions about the House says this, the Senate says that, and they they merge these versions together where you look at them separately, you run the numbers, and it's very shocking in a sarcastic way that the tax due ends up being around the same number. And you know, what what I look at, Chris, is very basic. If indeed we get the corporate tax rate cut to 20, I'd prefer zero. But if we cut it to 20% from 35 maximum, and we're successfully able to repatriate anywhere from $1 to $4 trillion on the other side of the Atlantic by our big, big, big corporations, I think it will have a tremendous trickle-down effect. If that doesn't happen, then we'll just have to see uh, how we how we keep going the way we've been. What do you think of that? Well, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, I didn't touch on that part of it, but I think that's when you when you read about how many of our corporations are overseas and keeping their money there because of the tax rates coming, you know, bringing the money back to here. I think a lower tax rate there, I think would be a big win for us in the economy. Uh, And hopefully maybe that's what, you know, they're banking on here. Because when you read about this stuff, you read that, how are we going to pay for this? You know, one of the losers I probably didn't mention in this whole scenario is the more I read this stuff, I think the losers are going to be my kids and their kids. You know, when you read about what this does and what this costs us and the fact that we're already in a deficit and we're doing things to cause that deficit to increase, you know, eventually somebody's going to feel those effects. So, you know, sometimes while this might have a good short-term effect for us, and but, but when you look down the road, you know, how are our real problems going to get solved? Ah, solving real problems. Now that's a great place to end. <laughs> yes, we can't do that. <laughs> Listen, Chris, thanks so much for this. Um, I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to entering the new year with personal and corporate tax cuts and trillions of dollars coming back into our economy that weren't printed by the Fed. It would be a beautiful thing. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, uh, thanks again, Chris. Uh, Again, you've knocked it out of the park. Thanks. Listeners, thank you so much, and we will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Bald Guy Podcast with Jeff Brown and our guest, Chris LaSpada.